Hey, Bob Squad. We have been overwhelmed by the support you have shown us over these past couple of months. It, it's been super encouraging to us, and we pray that these discussions of Bobbing's wonderful works of God have been beneficial and edifying in your walk with the Lord. Now, as a thank you, we will be doing our first ever Bob Stakes giveaway. So be sure to follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Bobcast to hear the details in the coming weeks. Tote zines. This is the Bobcast, a podcast exploring Reformed theology through the works of Herman Bovink. Welcome to episode nine of Bobcast. I'm Andrew Smith. I'm Mark Scaturro. And I'm Caleb Castro. Before we dive in and finish chapter two of the wonderful works of God, we have a couple of announcements. First, we want to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at Bobcast or send us an email at bobcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments or ask questions. We may use your question in a future episode or Bobbite. We want Bobcast to be educational and helpful to people in the church, so help us help you by sending us your questions and comments. Second, as you may know, Bobcast is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. What you might not know is that the Society has recently expanded. We have two new shows. First, our friend here at Westminster Seminary, California, Austin Rifle, has launched Sippin' on Theology. He's doing a series right now on the canon of Scripture, which is a very important and interesting and often misunderstood topic. He'll also help you up your coffee game if you're someone like me who drinks store-brand coffee from a drip machine. And then also we've added the Steady Anchor podcast hosted by Luke Schmelzer. It's been going for a while. He's got like 35 episodes out now, but it has recently come on board at the Society of Reformed Podcasters. So subscribe to the Society of Reformed Podcasters feed to get these and other great shows. And of course, Bobcast. But enough announcements. Let's get into Bob Inc. But we've been talking about all of these benefits and all of these various things that come with this relationship, that come with faith, that come with this knowledge. But at the top of page 14, we see the effect is nothing less than eternal life. And I think it's good that we took some time to get here because so often Christianity part and parcel of it is sold as this is the way to eternal life. You come to Jesus so you can go to heaven when you die. So I'm glad we've taken some time to flesh out the other aspects. But it also is very crucial and very important that the end of this is eternal life with God, with Christ forever. Like one of the things that struck me was was the richest life among men is the life of him who knows the most. The question is, what are you knowing there? And I mean, clearly talking about God. Well, and if we're assuming that, yeah, all knowledge is from God and that the only true knowledge is from God, then yeah, in that case, the one who does have the most knowledge would be the one who has the most joy uh, in this life, who is the most fulfilled, is the most complete, because that is the kind of knowledge that counts, as opposed to here where he makes the appeal to Ecclesiastes, and in much wisdom there is much grief. 
He that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Of making many books, there is no end. That really hits you when you're in seminary. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. So there is a knowledge that you of which you can accumulate all that there is in the world, and it will leave you empty, and it won't satisfy you. But this knowledge, this true knowledge of God, it is the greatest thing. It makes for the best life. Of the last full paragraph there on page 14. Knowing God in Christ brings with it eternal life, imperturbable joy, and heavenly blessedness. These are not merely effects, but the knowing of God is itself immediately a new eternal and blessed life. And I think that the church in our day and age could really, could really benefit from hearing that. Whether in the most distinguished scholar and the simplest working man, it may necessarily end in death as we're fed only by the limited sources of this world. How these spiritual things that are of God, this knowledge uh, of God, this faith, I mean, it feeds our soul. It's what brings us to glory. I'm just thinking of, of opposite of what Bob Inc. is stating here. A life giving knowledge. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, it's so paradoxical, I guess. It's like, I mean, how, how many ways that the Lord works in, in ways that we wouldn't expect, I guess. It almost seems too easy. Yeah. And yet it's, it's just the most complex thing to the extent that, I mean, that we can't acquire this knowledge ourselves. I mean, uh, I, I've had in mind for some time now, be like the child, you know, that's how th- those are who will see the kingdom of heaven. Have those who have faith like a child. And I think of, uh, you know, with all this Nicodemus's uh, question, you know, how do I get into this kingdom of heaven? You know, what what is this born again life? Yeah, but at the same time, there's also the scripture about uh, how we need to move from milk to meat. Oh, definitely. Well, I'm just saying as, as a basis, though, how unenduring, though, uh, worldly knowledge is. And the spiritual knowledge, knowledge that gives us birth is the knowledge that, you know, we're, we're further we're further weaned on a spiritual knowledge than that eventually is meat but it's just i don't know for me it's just an amazing thing how it functions i mean in this last paragraph here on page 14 from the basis of holy scriptures you know the 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 christian church has determined that character of that body of knowledge or science to be theology or divinity and you know a theology uh, and doctrine can seem like uh, dirty words for some circles you know it could just be cold rationalization so detached from what's you know what scripture really seems to be talking about living out a uh, a christian life some kind of radical faith radical expression we need tangible tokens of faith but bovink's bovink's definition of a true theologian here i thought was super poignant i have it underlined and exclamation point and everything else where he says a true theologian is one who speaks out of God, through God, about God, and does this always to the glorification of his name. Yeah. With another qualifier in the previous sentence, under the guidance of his spirit. So those two things, under the guidance of his spirit, always to the glorification of his name. There's a lot of things out there that call themselves theology today and there's a lot of schools where you could go get a degree in divinity and so on and so forth but they're not under the guidance of sp- of the spirit and they're not to the glorification of his name i mean they're they're looking for something else it could be any number of other things they are looking for but they're not looking for god as he has revealed himself and to be under the authority of his word it's we just rather do our own thing something different yeah it it becomes a study of god but the wrong god, uh, a false god. It becomes the religion department instead of the theology department. Yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah, sociology, uh, how we understand divine things. I, I love that statement. Between the learned and the simple, there is only a difference in degree. I mean, you don't have to know everything. You're free to not know everything. You yeah. know what I mean? I would hope that every Christian would want to grow in their knowledge of who God is. But you shouldn't feel as though you're of less worth because you don't know as much as the next person. Right. I know that I, I came to the faith later on in life, and I was uh, one of those kids that used to find value in my grades a lot like that. I remember feeling so stupid because I didn't know who this Bible story was or what that doctrine was. These things take time, and and God is faithful. Take pleasure in that, that he who started a good work within you will finish it to completion. There, there's always going to be a difference of degree there. You know, there's always going to be someone else that uh, seems, you know, a lot, a lot smarter, a lot more intelligent, a lot more learned. You know, there's always the degree. Right. But he also has that comfort right there too. both have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us who has given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Again, that Ephesians 4 passage that we heard about a couple of episodes ago. I mean, it doesn't matter. You can be the doctor of theology and, you know, have all of the all the degrees and all of the all the writings and the published works and all that. Or you could be just the new believer in the pews. It's not any less dignified. It's not any less of a Christian. But thank God for those men that have dedicated their lives. We need those guys, but it's okay if you're not one of them. Absolutely. Amen. So, with the, yeah, with this, this uh, big topic of knowledge of God, really, uh, a lot of ways it started with that question of chapter one, uh, you know, what is man's highest good? Um, and Bobby comes full circle here. You know, he gets uh, here the last statement in page 15, quoting uh, Calvin's uh, Genevan Catechism. Um and likewise, the Westminster Catechism, uh, question one, you know, what is the chief end of man? It's glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And, and, then, and then it really goes into question and answer two of the Westminster Shorter Catechism as well. So what rule hath God given to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him? The word of God, which is contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him. And of course, in those writings of the Old and New Testaments, we find out who the person and work of Jesus Christ is. It's funny because it's like you could say on one hand, you know, it's it's really that simple. Um, and on the other hand, you could say it isn't simple or easy, but it's because it's a work of God. Right. And at the end of the day, the thing that we need to walk away as Christians is it's worth it. It's, it's what we were made for. We are made to glorify and enjoy him forever. And we're, the only way we can enjoy him is by knowing him. And the only way we can know him is by getting into his word and going to, to worship corporately with, with his body and getting the means of grace. And by his spirit, applying those means and making them effective to us. So that's chapter two of The Wonderful Works of God by Herman Bovink. That's all the time we have for this week's Bobcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've learned something. Until next time, Dutch words. <laughs> More Dutch words. Dutch words. Thank you for listening to Bobcast. 
If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review where you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Bovcast. That's B-A-V-Cast. You can email us at bovcast at gmail.com. Bovcast is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Visit reformedpodcast.com or subscribe to the Society of Reformed Podcasters feed. Music is City of God by Rudy Manrique. We hope you'll join us again next time. Thank you.